Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is Friday, the 8th of January. And if I uh, did not have the opportunity to say Happy New Year to you last week when I was with the one and only Greg Reed, author, co-author of Three Feet from Gold, I just want to say again, Happy and Blessed New Year. And we uh, here at Unique Leaders Live have so many amazing guests in line for you to uh, glean information from. Unique Leaders started during the um, early days of this uh, uh, challenging year. And I started uh, just do, I had been doing lives for many years, but I started interviewing, so to speak, some people that I knew locally that had interesting businesses. And it was an interesting phenomenon that it just so resonated with people. And what I did, and really it was about them. It wasn't about any strategic questions. It was just about them. And so I realized that the success of an individual is in their story. And that is what Unique Leaders Live is about. It is now a podcast. And so go on to iTunes and all of the other platforms, and you will see all of our interviews on there. Uh, um, shortly after they, you know, are finished uh, here live. But regardless, you can follow them on my personal Facebook page, on my business Facebook page, where you might be coming into right now. But these will be uh, there for you to watch and also on YouTube because you want to go back and listen to these folks because amazing information is gleaned from this and disseminated from them. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of being with Emmy Kirshner. Emmy and I met about three, four months ago when I was interviewed on her podcast, which is called The Tribe of Leaders. And Emmy is an, um, just an amazing businesswoman. She has had great success in the business world, and she is now using that success in sharing as a, an executive business coach and as a podcast that is reaching many, many people, but also, again, on YouTube, and she does have a, uh, a Facebook page that you can join that she'll share about as well. But without further ado, I would like you to meet my guest, Emmy Kirshner. Hello, Miss Emmy. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so blessed to have you and also to have met you and to have you in my life and that we can network and continue on. And that's, folks, what this is all about. Is it not, Emmy? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love is, you know, I'm here in Philly and you're right outside of Austin. And despite the craziness that's you know, been going on, we can still connect with each other and build relationships and help each other grow each other's businesses exactly. from afar. And, you know, even though we haven't met in person. So yeah. Well, yet. <laughs> yet. I was just going to say yet, because as you know, I have family in the Northeast. So it, it well, even if I didn't, we will be meeting soon. So Unique Leaders, as I shared in the introduction, is about you. It's all about you. and But your life is, in the story of your life, is what leads to your success of today. So with that, Emmy, I'd like to go back to young Emmy. Mm -hmm. and, and I just want to share this caveat that I so enjoy these shows personally because I know the general of a person 
Um, and many people that I do interview, I know or have talked to, but maybe not know personally. So it's just great fun and interest to learn about you. So let's go back to young Emmy. And where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in a number of different places, but uh, I was born in Grafton, Massachusetts, which is a small town that's right outside of Worcester, um, probably like an hour outside of Boston, like west of Boston. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I was on second grade, in the second grade when we moved to Westboro, which is just a couple of towns over. Um, and like my vision of myself, when I think of myself as being like little, is when I was like five and I had, you know, braided um, or pigtail braids with, you know, overalls and, you know, like shiny red um, rain boots helping my dad wash a car. Like I have it's such a clear vision of that. And, and being a little mischievous and, um, you know, red, and silly with it. Boots. Was, red rain boots yeah. indicate a little mischief, yes. Yeah, right. So, um, and, and being vivacious and sparkly and, you know, really enjoying playing. And, um, you know, it's, I think some of the things that I love seeing in uh, little girls now is that, that loudness and, um, their ability to like innately take on the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think I lost that at a certain point. I don't know what the actual you know age was or anything, but um, where I became more quiet, like the general school of thought was, you know, girls should be seen and not heard, and you should sit quietly at the table and you know, not speak until be spoken to, and all of those things that I, I think are slowly, I hope slowly, are you know, kind of being eradicated where women can find their voice mm -hmm. um, and and be recognized for the value that we have. But mm -hmm. I remember being more in, you know, later elementary school and being very shy, you know, and and really quiet and hesitant to raise my hand, etc. So very, you know, a huge shift really in my personality um, as a small person. And you, re you remember that you, um, yeah, it resonates in your spirit of memory. Yes. And yeah. I, I was going to say, yeah. are you, are you were probably though a good student and that factored into it. I was an okay student. <laughs> um, one of the problems I had was I tend to understand concepts really quickly and my teachers acknowledged this too and then I would tune out and miss like the next three concepts so um and I wasn't super disciplined either in doing homework so like I got the information but I wasn't great at testing or reliable with homework either so I was okay uh, I would make a great student now as an adult Yes, I mean, it's yeah. very apparent that you're very diligent on what you in, in and on what you do. So yeah. you uh, stayed in the Massachusetts area? Yeah, until about seventh grade. And then we moved to Ruston, Virginia, which is right outside of D.C., which was like culture shock and totally different. Um, you know, I it was the first time that I understood some of the like different different pockets of the country mm -hmm. um and and the education was different from the standpoint of what they were focused on um 
And it was really cool because it opened my eyes up. Like in, at that time, we weren't celebrating Black History Month in Massachusetts, or at least not in a place that I was aware of it. So when February came around and we were in Virginia and that was a big thing, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like I didn't, I didn't, just wasn't in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started to see just different, um, different ways, I guess, thoughts, different thoughts and different um, theories and how to educate. And I also, when we moved a couple of other times, several years later, I also got to see where the gaps are in education because I certainly, I learned, I think I read Call of the Wild like three times in three different moves. Mm -hmm. I've never had a geography course. So those types of things um, was really interesting for me, particularly looking backwards. But, those gaps have been something that have really moved me forward as I'm growing my business because I'm always looking for well, where can I improve? Mm-hmm. Very much so. We're all students always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sponging, absorbing in. So where did you um, go to high school and the latter part of your education? <laughs> um, I went to two high schools in Virginia and then my parents, um, and I still have no idea what their decision-making process was in this. But we ended up moving, um, and I know why we, like my dad, um, my dad shifted jobs. So like that was what, the reason why we moved, but why they chose when he was working in Massachusetts to, to move to rural New Hampshire, coming from being like, you know, half an hour outside of DC. I have no idea. My dad's a big um, joker and he was like, oh, we're going to move half a mile past the pig farm. And my sister and I, um, you know, we didn't believe him until it was that late night that I'm driving the second car up as we're moving up and waiting for the moving truck and everything. My sister's in the car and we're like, oh, there is actually a pig farm. <laughs> so you went, just to be clear, you went from Virginia, uh-huh. you went to high school, then to and, and finished in New Hampshire. Yeah. Rural New Hampshire. Wow. Yeah. And third high school was New Hampshire. So <clears throat> I had... Yeah, I had very different experiences again. And and again, it was interesting where the, you know, people were focused in what they wanted to teach people um, and and the way that they were teaching. Because I ended up having, uh, you know, U.S. history again, because it was the requirement for seniors in, in New Hampshire, where I'd already spent like a year and a half or two years in my other school districts learning the same thing. So I I know a lot about the Revolutionary War, (laughs) which I can still remember some of it. Um, But yeah, it was was really, I was kind of resigned. I think when we got to New Hampshire, because I was just like, whatever, there's nothing I can do about this. But, you know, find the the silver linings in all of it. And there's, um, I mean, amazing beauty. And we were kind of in the woods and it was quiet, which was great. But um, I am a little bit more of a city girl. So but it, also, but it also, um, for our, our viewers and our guests, it, it to me, it uh, really is emblematic of your resiliency because you had to evolve during all of those moves and changes. Mm-hmm. You learned how to adapt and to focus on, hopefully by this point, what might have been resonating within you. Yes, absolutely. And I got really good at taking things that, um, and I still do this, that weren't working for me 
and changing them or shifting them to um, to really meet me where I was at so that I could then move forward. Um, and, you know, simple things like in my, um, in my junior year in the, in the second high school in Virginia, like chemistry was not my thing. Like I just, you might as well have been like, you know, talking to me and I was the wall because it just wasn't absorbing. Mm -hmm. So I sought tutoring from my chemistry teacher. And I went from an F to an A in the next quarter. So, you know, I made those things work and I adjusted things um, so that I could succeed. Mm-hmm. And and that's been a really fun part of life for me. Wouldn't you, I had the same experience personally. Um, you know, the arts always resonated, but the, I mean, algebra and chemistry, not so much. And yeah not so much. And so I did have to do what you just did. And I have, I've thought back to that, Emmy, and I realized two things from it is that you have your strong suit, Mm -hmm. you know, stay with it. And the other is that when you need help, get help. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being unafraid to ask, um, has been one of the recurring themes in the resiliency piece for me, mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I, even in college, um, I had, I decided to add marketing as a minor in my, I think my junior year. So I had to go back and take some freshman level courses. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really struggling with the maturity level of the freshmen. So I talked to my teacher I'm like, can I do a different project or a separate project in addition to potentially just going to class once a week or twice a week instead of, I don't remember if it was, you know, Tuesday, Thursday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but could I go to class less and do something else? And he was like, I'll do even better than that. I will take you out of the class and you're going to do this semester long project and you'll meet with me weekly and we're going to build on this. And and I never thought about it um, from the standpoint of being bold or resourceful or anything else. I was just like, I got to figure out how to not feel like I'm going to smack somebody and, you know, and get the information. So I wanted the information. I just needed to formulate the unique way that was going to work for me so that I could be successful. But that's also saying, you know, with your maturity, with your growing maturity and in, in your year academia, Going back then to that, they hadn't had that process yet, and you re- on some level recognize that, and but you also asked for what you needed. Yes, you were not afraid Absolutely. to ask for what you needed. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even occur to me to be afraid at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's been other times and other things that I've totally overthought and not asked, but there's so many places as well where I just boldly go into the unknown and I'm like, we're going to make this happen. So let's figure it out, people. Figure it out. Yes. Yeah. And you said that that you minored in marketing, but what did you major in? It was business administration. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And where was that? Where did you go to college? It was at at Roger Williams University, which is in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, And Mm -hmm. I did not have a clear path of what I wanted to do. at all during high school. So it was kind of my, like my decision to one go there and major in, um, in business was more a function of, I don't know what to do and I can use this. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's useful. I had a really strong interest in architecture, had taken architecture classes in high school and loved that. But the math and this was before like CAD and so now I'm dating myself. Right. So we were still doing drawings by hand um, with pencils and and rulers. And um, one of my unique gifts is that I cannot draw a straight line, even with a ruler. <laughs> and I was getting marked down on like insignificant little um, deviations and straight lineness, which is again, driving me nuts. I'm like in the, still looks like a straight line, but you're measuring this infinitesimal amount. And um, I just was like, this is not my thing. Like if I'm going to be, you know, judged based on that and not the creativity and not the, what I'm actually giving and accomplishing, then it's not working for me. And some of it, I think, was the lack of discipline um, just overall. But, mm. yeah, I picked business, and it's been pretty useful so far. Exactly, exactly. But you yeah. also recognized, like you said, that it was the creativity that was uh, drawing you to it, pun no pun intended drawing, but drawing you to it right. was not that uh, that such anal line and being perfect that was yeah. resonating with your spirit and so and, and that's also a i feel a tremendous thing for our guests to hear because it's about understanding what makes your heart sing uh to get that clarity to uh, continue on with what you you're currently doing yeah absolutely and it for me and everything is um you know, what's the end goal and the end result? Mm -hmm. Like there's always going to be little nuances that are less than what you want and you can't focus on those. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am big picture. Um, and I do, I want to look at the progress and, and that's what I want to measure as opposed to staying into some little detail. that's really not contributing to the overall result. To have that vision and that goal, yes, and then the progress in between. So yeah. after college, where did you uh, go? What so after college, I was dating um, my, who's now my ex-husband. He was in the Marines and had um, enrolled in flight school. So I moved to Pensacola with him while he was in flight school, um, which, again, culture shock. It was the first time I'd been called a damn Yankee. Um, I ended up working for an engineering firm um, as an, an admin, essentially executive assistant. And uh, it was the first time that I met people who adults who couldn't read or write. And because they had um, the engineering firm essentially hired um, you know, people to, for labor or uh, some of it was you know, skilled work. But they, it was based on project and based on jobs. So they kind of hired and laid off the same group of people over and over again, depending on what their jobs were that were coming in. And people would come in and bring somebody to fill out the application that they had. Because again, dating felt, but it was all paper-based. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, I didn't realize that that was, you know, at 23, I didn't realize that was, even a thing like that, that I just presumed everybody could read and write and it really opened my eyes to what privilege I had 
and what a lot of its experience and it gave me an immense amount of gratitude for being able to really just shift and change and mold my future um, into what I want and, and you know, continue to grow, et cetera. So, um, wow. Wow. yeah. Yes. It's a, and it is a, a I mean, that's a, a, an amazing rich experience at 23 to have that aha moment that mm -hmm. I, you know, so no matter what challenges of moving so many times and the dynamics of, because there were things that were challenging about that for sure. But that, yeah. that a gratitude of understanding, you had many blessings in, in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's moving around like that was really difficult. Um, but it also gave me the ability to kind of be plucked into anywhere and be uncomfortable with the newness and not having a routine and, and still be able to kind of figure that out and find appreciation in the things that are really different. Mm -hmm. yes. um, mm -hmm. And, and like I, now I go seeking that when I'm in different places back, well, back when we used to get to travel a little bit more. Yes. Um, but it's that in, in our spirits, that adventure uh, seeking out, that yeah looking to look into the the experience whatever that might be yes yeah yeah so um my ex-husband actually got sent on a mediterranean cruise so he was over in the uh well in the mediterranean for six months so i ended up moving back with my parents to new hampshire um we had a dalmatian at the time so he came with which my parents were less than enthusiastic about because mm -hmm. um, most dalmatians are like 50 or 60 pounds ours is 90. Oh and God. and like super fit so not you know slow like five miles of running like straight running did not tire this dog out um and he was like less than a year when i moved back and i had a number of different jobs it was you know kind of the like mid 90s at that point and the economy wasn't fantastic mm -hmm. um, i didn't really know what i wanted to do i'd been on a gajillion interviews um, I finally landed in um, a credit union association where I was doing event planning and conference management and marketing communication, um, and then switched over to the insurance side and did sales and marketing too. So it was like the moving around I've done and had experience with a number of different industries. And it's been really cool because it's contributed obviously to what I do now, but just given me a depth and breadth of what works in different industries and how I can apply that to other places too. Wow. Yes, I can see that. Meaning, so were you there a long time with this company? I think I was there for three or four years. So a while. Um, yeah, a while. Um, it was a great place to really play around with a lot of different things and be exposed to a lot of different areas. And, um, I know I, I liked like I loved it, and the reason why I left was I had my oldest son Brian. I knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, um, and didn't want to have to put my kid in daycare, which is fine for anybody who chooses that. Like that's great. It's just that this is what I had wanted, and was my my goal. That did not last long, but um, you know, having kids changed everything dramatically for me mm -hmm. so it was yeah well uh, and brian did not sleep yeah at all <laughs> so. exactly i mean it, it's uh 
it's a major decision to have children and uh, to be, but like you said, sometimes you're not able to have that traditional structure and it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and we planned for it and it was really funny too, because I initially, when we, my ex-husband and I got married, I have been like, I don't know that I want kids. You have to be okay with that. Like we had a big conversation with that. And then it was like one day I'm like, all right, we're going to have a baby now. Like those hormones just kicked in um, like really powerfully. And he was like, what happened to, I don't think that I want to have kids. I'm like, we're done with that. Moving on child mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And about 11 months later, I had Brian. Now was your yeah. husband still in the military at that time? He had, no, he had left um, by that point and been, I think a year or so out. Um, he completed his Mediterranean cruise. I think he had a couple more months to do before his time was up. And then he had gotten a job for a, um, in Massachusetts um, for a company that was doing, I have to think about what it was. He did customer support, but it was like the beginnings of um, like digital communication mm -hmm. from the standpoint of audio and video um, conferencing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what brought you, when did you and what brought you to Pennsylvania, to the Philadelphia area? Yeah, so it was 2001, so it was right after the bubble burst. Mm -hmm. uh, I had just had Matthew, my second son, and he had was now working for a startup. Uh, we were living in Maynard, Massachusetts, had just bought our first house, um, and he got laid off. Like he was one of the, I don't know, third or fourth rounds of layoffs after the bubble burst and with the whole e-com thing, and he was out of work for 18 months. And and that was really the catalyst for me. Well, there are two parts. Uh, it was the catalyst for me for starting my own businesses. And uh, the first one was that Brian, I think it was a year before he got laid off, had had digestive issues um, as a baby. We had transitioned him. Um, I was nursing and he was having a little bit of formula, but transitioned him to milk. And he started just like having constant diarrhea, not to be too much, you know, too much info, but it was unpleasant mm -hmm. and we'd taken him to all these doctors and he'd had all these tests and he'd been to the specialists and the last gastroenterologist that we saw for him was like, we have no idea. Like he, nothing comes back irregular. Clearly he has a problem. Mm -hmm. Try giving him some olive oil so that he slows down his digestion. And I, and I was like 27, 28 at the time. So this is like first kid. I have no clue what I'm doing. Kid's not healthy. And I'm like, I am so not taking that for an answer. So I started researching and it was kind of funny too, because it was at the time that I, that seventh generation, at least for me, had started really advertising prevalently about toxins. And I was also starting to connect with some of the local farms and more organic stuff. Uh, and I started reading about nutrition and I essentially over the, the next 18 months, healed Brian's gut so that he's I mean, fine today, can eat whatever. But, you know, when the kid's 13, 15 months old, mm -hmm. they're not telling you, oh, hey, those grapes that you fed me. Mm, yeah, no, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. so There's a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. So there was that piece. And then my ex-husband got laid off and we had like six weeks of unemployment. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you know, in 2008 or even now where they kept extending things. And um, the mortgage had to be paid. So I started catering and I worked for a company 
then um and, and it was it was so amazing because I was teaching myself to cook, healing Brian's gut, doing these, you know, amazing events. And I, I had like fortune to work for this catering company that did really high end events. So I got to take some of my experience from the trade association where I was doing conference planning, et cetera, and I moved up the ranks really quickly in the catering company, both from the standpoint of cooking and, you know, how to have and manage a corporate party for a thousand people all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And what I would do is I would work um, Friday night. I would do a shift. I would try to do a double shift on Saturday. So I'd start at like 8 a.m. and get home at midnight and then I'd have Sunday off. And then I'd do whatever, um, you know, whatever jobs that they had available during the week that were smaller. So mm -hmm. it was, it was a lot of fun, but I don't think I could do it now. It's <laughs> um, rigorous. It's like any service type of business. It's it's yeah. very rigorous. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, trade shows. I did more trade shows than any human being should have ever done trade shows. Yeah. <laughs> but they were great and I learned and grew, but I physically could not do that now. I mean, right. I yeah. See what I did. Rigorous. And that experience led me to personal chefing and starting my own catering company. Wow. So, yeah. So he, my ex-husband finally got the job to circle back to your question. Mm -hmm. um, finally got a job um, here in Philadelphia. So he started working. I sold the house up in Massachusetts, moved the two kids down. When we lived, um, we moved out into Downingtown, PA, which is like an hour outside of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, and started catering again, started, that's where I started the personal chef uh, business and uh, just kind of kept chugging, chugging along and juggling, you know, kids. And um, he was in another startup. So he was working a ton of hours and, mm -hmm. you know, a huge house and too much land. And um, so glad that I don't have an acre anymore. <laughs> and, no, because you live in the city, which is great. Yeah. So yes. it's been interesting. Like it's, you know, I always say when people ask, like my path has been very windy. Like it's not, there hasn't been this straight, oh, well, that totally makes sense on how she got from A to B. Um, there's been a lot of diversions, et cetera. But that is everyone. I mean, I, as I said, um, I love listening to all your stories because there's, yeah. there's a similarity. There's a thread through them all which is from my observation and on my own personal journey is that there are many, as you said, you know, winding roads, but it's also that resiliency, mm -hmm. that, that curiosity and that resiliency and, and creativity often is a piece of it too, but creativity and that resiliency, but that desire to continue on um, and explore. And it's uh, whatever field it is, it's, there's a similarity. There's a thread yeah. through, through them, you know, that, and the desire to give back, to help people, meaning as, as the journey goes on, yeah. it goes. Yeah. And that's really foundational for me um, in everything that I've done is I want to be able to feel better, people to feel better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not just from a health and wellness standpoint, obviously, but just to have a great life. Mm -hmm. Right. The Dalai Lama is quoted as saying, you know, the point of life is happiness. And it's so easy to hear that and then continue on in your day 
with the six billion things that you've got running through your head that you're trying to accomplish. And, and I think when you become very intentional and aware of, you know, the, there should be a joy factor in a bulk of what you do. I'm not saying every moment is, you know, sunshine and roses because it's not, but looking for the silver lining and, and where you can find positivity, even in the dark days, for me at least, is really where it's how I've gotten through everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a choice, you're saying. I mean, it is all a choice because you can choose to have a pity party and, and uh, go within. But when you are going out and sharing with others, it, it pulls you out of that challenge that you're dealing with, whatever that might be, whatever that might yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, when I was going through my divorce, it by no means was the most horrible divorce on the planet, but it was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't good. But, and I didn't know it was going to happen. Like I was concerned that my kids were going to be in two pulled in two different directions. Um, I had to sell the house that we'd bought in Downingtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know what I want. I had just started my catering business and it wasn't fully supporting me. And I did, and he had moved to New Jersey at this point, so I essentially had no support to manage that and my kids. My younger son had just been diagnosed with learning disabilities that were not like diagnosable. Like we definitely know he has learning disabilities, but he doesn't fit into another category. So we don't know how to create a program to help him. So we had to do again um, a lot of experimentation with that. And like my guiding point at that point was just that I knew I had to put one foot in front of the other and that everything was going to work out. Like I knew that light was there. I could see it at the end of the tunnel and I just stayed hyper-focused on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one yeah. step to the next step. Yes. Yeah. Like it wasn't going to be crappy for forever. No. But if you had stopped, it would have been. Would, right. Like it would have been. And not that there weren't moments where I didn't cry and sob and have breakdowns and feel miserable. Like I did. I totally did. Sure. But I also picked myself up off the floor and I was like, all right, we got to get back at this and make you know these things happen. And I've got to be there for my kids mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just continue on. So, I mean, I, it, I think it's easy to stay in that space of negativity where everything's awful and just make decisions from that. But I really refused to. And intentionally it was like, all right, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And that was the mantra and it was funny because my dad said to me he's like oh you look really good you know I don't I had a new outfit or whatever and I'm like the mantra is if I look good I feel good and everything will be okay mm-hmm. like that that was what I just said over and over mm-hmm. um and that was important for me now you at this time as you said you had just started your ca- your catering business it wasn't totally self-sustaining, but it was getting there. So, but you sold your home. So, did you stay in the downtown Downingtown area, or uh, what did you do at that moment? Yeah, so I actually moved a couple towns over um, to Chester Springs, closed the catering business, oh. uh, worked. I actually worked for Starbucks for a little bit because I needed time to just readjust, mm-hmm. like get settled, get out of survival mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, have health insurance, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ended up with a marketing agency and I did project management um, and and kind of media management for, um, it was really a, a boutique marketing agency, but we worked with all aftermarket motorcycle products, which I knew absolutely nothing, nothing about. So I was in a new townhouse. And those experiences and those tools that you yeah. back in. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I'll figure it out. Like, I know how to do project management, the same thing as managing an event, just different tasks. Nice. Um, and, and like, God bless um, my boss, Rick Menapace, who I hope sees this, uh, because he really allowed me to be in the business with him and take on whatever I wanted to take on. Wow. Um, which was super cool. Right on. And, wow. Yeah. Like I was doing, you know, media buys. I ended up working with on websites for and trade shows and all the fun stuff mm -hmm. um, that kind of came with the marketing and and you know being a part of whatever our customers needed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I now know a lot more about motorcycle products. <laughs> it's important, <laughs> but. Yeah. But it's a business. I mean, and business is business. And you, I mean, you learned about that client. Yes. But you also I'm thinking back to your your um, your main a minor rather in marketing and how mm -hmm. you went to that professor and, and did that project. You know, I mean, all of these little pieces work back to everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I'm always looking for how can I solve the problem? Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't working. So how can we get it to work? My right. dear friend and, and mentor, Sharon Lecter, uh, yes. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and um, on and on, the Napoleon Hill and Three Feet from Gold. But she has, um, she says this all the time, Emmy, solve a problem, serve a need. It's all about mm -hmm. solving a problem and serving a need. And, yeah. and I think about that all the time, you know, from a foundational standpoint. Yeah, because it's there's always a problem to be solved and there's always a need to be filled. Mm -hmm. And most of the time plan A or B can work, but a lot of times the best thing is plan F, right? It's just, it's just creative thinking and how you can make all of that happen. Yes. How many times I've gone to plan F? Yes. <laughs> right. And I learned that with catering too. Like the company that I worked for in Massachusetts, I mean, they had a plan and a process and a checklist for everything, mm -hmm. but stuff still happened. Mm -hmm. Like things happen, like, you know, food gets dropped on the floor. So how do you make it work? Because your guests can't know that you just dropped the whole tray of green beans. Right. So With a smile right? on your face. Right. Yeah. That you have. Like they're there to have an amazing experience, not deal with, you know, our mess up, mm -hmm. exactly. whether it was purposeful or not. So that was, it's that fast thinking. Mm -hmm. It's that. Yeah. That's that critical fast thinking that I think all also is another piece to us all is that it helps. And but yeah. again, you can develop that. I mean, that's not that didn't happen just overnight either. That's why this, oh, no. this unique leaders is so powerful because it's helping our guests to see that it's these years of the thing about Brian's illness, meaning you weren't going to have this child dehydrate and, and not live. I mean, so mm -hmm. you had to have that critical thinking even when the physicians were saying we don't know we don't know yeah and so they can't make they couldn't make up anything else you know and so you had to go within and figure that out 
and right. um, and and as you said, heal that uh, that child's gut at 13 mm -hmm. months of age. Yes, I mean so it's it's that critical uh, just moment to moment thinking through. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So then, yeah. so Rick, you stayed with Rick and uh, the marketing company for a while. Yeah. So then it was like 2000, and and this is kind of funny too because it's 2000. Nine, so it was right after the financial crisis. Um, I like my life was stabilized. I was dating somebody else um, who was living with me at the time. My kids were doing really well, and and this is where the entrepreneur in me keeps showing up because I'm like, I'm gonna open a restaurant, and uh, so I, and I'm a foodie. Like I love food, and one of the things that had been really important for me is that I wanted um, people to understand and and enjoy as much as I do the healthy food can actually taste good and be mm -hmm. fulfilling and it's like that satisfying you I'm eating mashed potatoes type of way mm -hmm. um, and I had found this really cool location it was a 250 year old house um, that was right by like the mall in our area and um, it like it, it that house was tied to the history of of the area as well so it'd be really cool to bring farm to table and local food you know and be in that location so i wrote this huge business plan uh, i had my catering experience i i had um like a restaurant manager that i wanted to bring on board who could fill in some of the gaps that i didn't have in just running a restaurant etc and i spent a year and a half pitching banks bringing on investors negotiating for this this lease of this building but the more i saw it um uh, and the more i had my architect and the construction manager that i wanted to work with looking at it was really like falling apart they had not maintained it in any fashion and i i didn't have um the financial backing to renovate a 250 year old house structurally speaking like i that wasn't my intention not what i wanted i didn't want to take on the responsibility and they the company that I was dealing with had no intention of doing that either. They really wanted and needed somebody to come in who could, you know, it was much bigger than what my intention was. And I finally, I just walked away. Like I was tired of banging my head up against the wall. And I, I went and spent another couple of months looking for um, other locations. And it just, like I was done. Like I had made miracles happen with that whole experience, even though it didn't come into fruition. And I just knew in my gut that like, all right, it's time to put this to bed. And if it's your, if you're supposed to do this, one, it's going to be a lot easier. And two, it'll show up at another time. So I was still working for the marketing agency at this point and trying to figure out what was next because um, Rick, my boss, was also looking to retire. So I was helping him um, really navigate what that was going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and I... A girlfriend of mine had just finished her health coaching certificate and she's like emmy you've got to do this like you already know half the stuff anyways because of everything you've dealt with blah 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 and it'll be a great way for you to help people that's your goal i'm like sure that sounds like fun so i investigated and it kind of lit me on fire so i did that got my health coaching certificate helped um rick essentially close his business and develop an exit plan and I was getting my business started as Rick closed his. Um, so that was over the period of like a year and a half and health coached for a couple of years, only to find that the people that I was actually coaching 
I was business coaching and not health coaching, which I had to figure out a couple of different ways. One, I woke up one morning and I was like, if I have to write another blog about the five foods you're supposed to eat, I'm going to throw up. Like, and I love healthy eating and oh I'm God, passionate about God. that, but I'm done with this piece of it. And, um, and then I started looking at like in that inquiry place too of, well, how am I really serving my people? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what does that look like? And I started looking at it and I thought I was like, if you had asked me without me actually looking at my clients, both past and present, I would have been like, oh, I work with stay at home moms and I help them with emotional eating, blah, blah, blah. That was not true. I was working with all entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and some of them were moms. Yes. All of them were experiencing stress because their sales were not where they wanted to be and they were overwhelmed and exhausted. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a lot of stress management, which tied into the food piece because they were compensating their stress with emotional eating, mm-hmm. whether they're not eating at all or you know, standing in front of the freezer with the tub of ice cream at 10 o'clock at night, spooning it in. Um, and, and that really has led me to where I'm at now, where, you know, I help creative entrepreneurs break through whatever barrier they're at and take off that overworked admin hat so that they can be the unstoppable, extraordinary, visionary leader and CEO that they know that they can be. I listened to your live the other day, as you know, because you saw me. Yeah. And um, but I I mean, we're two peas in a pod because, I mean, the essence, I mean, not to repeat the whole uh, live, but it's about clarity. It's about Mm -hmm. finding clarity. And I mean, you spoke initially about that and from there and you had many other pieces to it. But um, that's why I also feel that I'm speaking now to our audience, is that uh, to listen to Emmy's story, you hear how she came to where she is, <clears throat> but she didn't want to say back when she was 23, oh, I want to be a business coach. I mean, even though she had a degree in business administration, mm-hmm. um, she had these life experiences in business, in marketing, and everything in between that... Um, has brought you to where you are today. And I truly uh, encourage you to follow Emmy on um, her, you know, all of your social media platforms because they're they're rich with information, but they're also so heartfelt, but they're also experiential as, as what you're sharing, you know, today. So I mentioned Sharon Lecter, recently or in this last piece of our conversation and uh she and greg reed Mm -hmm. uh co-author of three feet from gold and i ask as we close today because you are here where you are and you are helping many many people and as we discussed early on not just in philadelphia but all over the united states right um but I ask everyone um, of my, all of my guests, the same question in three feet from gold, there is what they call the success formula. Mm-hmm. And it is your passion times talent, ta- a, a, a passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. Right. I'm not going to ask you all of those things and you've touched on all of them. 
But yeah. what I am going to have you focus on or earmark for our guest is what is your passion and what is your talent? Ooh, um, my passion. So many things that I think are kind of overlapping. It's And it's always been about helping people. So that's um, I really, in a broad sense, what the passion is. For me right now, it's about helping people build more profitable, better, sustainable businesses so that they're able to bring themselves to their business, to their day, to their full, amazing, you know, level 10 life from a high performance standpoint. So they're, they feel great. And that creates the ripple effect that I, I really want to see in the world where we're creating more sustainable communities um, and sustainable towns and cities that not just from the standpoint of we're having amazing lives, but that we're in an environment that is, you know, benefiting us and that is, you know, has wildlife and, um, and this is where my little tree hugger, you know, uh, comes out where, you know, we're, we're one with nature, whether you live in a city or not, that's still, you know, that's still possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're eating foods that are healthy for us and we have opportunities that benefit us and we have connections that, you know, are bringing us together and not dividing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is attainable. It is. Yeah. One step at a time. It really is. And many of the, again, I keep repeating the same thing, but if you back to the pig farm, meaning where you were exposed, you know, in, in the country and so forth. So all of our experiences lead to that then meshing to have sustainability and in, is integrative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that is what you're doing uh, in your life, but also in your community. Yeah. And so your talent. My talent is that I'm able to get into a place with my clients. Um, where I can really understand where their gaps are, both from a mindset and leadership standpoint and from a system and process standpoint and close those Mm -hmm. so that they can have higher profits and work less. Mm -hmm. It's it's excellent, excellent. And you spoke about that the other day. So that's, and I repeat, um, meaning with uh, structural information of how to, the how-to, uh, yeah. but again, but you have to be clear on the why. Why is that even happening? Yeah. And then the structural information of how to change that, yes, and yeah. remedy, it. remedy it, yes. Yeah. It's just, um, I, that, as I said, I am the great benefit, benefitor of, the, uh, of these unique leaders, and sharing this time with you, Emmy, has been just a joy, and I know our guests as well because they will go back to YouTube and they will go to podcasts of this. And of course, it'll be on my uh, Facebook uh, platforms and yours as well. And and so they can revisit this and um, just really glean the information that you've shared today. Well, I truly thank you. So stay tuned in the green room and I'll be there in a minute. And really, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time to be here with you. We'll see you soon. Oh, I'll see you in a minute. Yes. Well, wow. What a special New Year's January 8th kickoff. 
of Unique Leaders Live with Emmy Kirshner. And you will be so blessed by going to her um, Tribe of Leaders um, Facebook page, a, a friend Emmy on Facebook, but also her uh, go to her group because it really is full of very, very, uh, not only practical, but very um, detailed information. Often people have groups and they have information, but it isn't where you can really apply it. It's just general quotes and things of that nature, which are good uh, and somewhat helpful, but she is a practitioner. She goes in there and helps you accomplish. So I truly highly suggest that you do that. But I ask you from my heart to go to YouTube. Uh, we are um, and subscribe to this. We will put this in the text. We'll have a link to it, but we're trying to reach a goal because we cannot proliferate this without reaching a certain goal with YouTube. So if you would go, <clears throat> excuse me, to, and we'll put the link in, but my Megan DiMartino YouTube page and subscribe to it. And that truly will help uh, expand uh, the platform of Unique Leaders Live throughout 2021 and reach people and really help people because next week we are going to have the one and only, I just mentioned her earlier, Sharon Lecter. She has a new book. She wants to share that with you, but also share her amazing story of her not only career, but life. And it is so inspirational, informational, educational, and you will be blessed by it. So as time goes on, these guests will be on the podcast as well as uh, YouTube. And I just want you to be able to go and work out and listen to these folks as you're doing all of your daily round. So do uh, go to uh, Megan DiMartino YouTube page, which this is um, going to be on or already is on and subscribe. But then also if you, I don't know if you're coming in on my personal page, Megan DiMartino, but if, and that's great, but it's all, we're building a business page which is the official Megan DiMartino. So do friend us over there because we will slowly continue to build that with all of these platforms. And then like us, comment, that is also helpful to build this. For you, essentially it is for you. So we will see you on Monday for uh, Teach, Motivate and Inspire. And then we will kick off the week and then finish it off with Ms. Sharon Lecter next Friday on Unique Leaders. Have a blessed weekend and we'll see you Monday. Thank you.